Okay, welcome back. We're going to take a little trip now down uh, Route 58, uh, the very crooked Route 58. And we're going to go through uh, Damascus and Mouth of Wilson and Rugby. We'll stop in at Wayne's shop for a while and visit with him. And then what else are we going to do on that road there? A few other little stops. I like to go for a swim in Independence. Have you ever done that? That little up behind the Nautilus plant? Mm, down that uh, waterfall? Yeah. Who busted my butt one time. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe we'll, uh, then we'll head into Galax, Virginia, and we'll stop at Bar's Fiddle Shop, which uh, is kind of the epicenter of, uh, of old-time bluegrass music in Southwest Virginia. It's where everybody gets their strings and everybody gets their instruments. Uh, Stevie's dad, uh, Tommy Barr, was his shop. Now Stevie takes it, uh, has taken it over. Um, he's doing a great job with it, by the way. Everything's in stock, and uh, it's very impressive. And uh, Stevie opens it up on time most of the time. Yep. Maybe so five minutes late. You know? <laughs> and, uh, we don't and, have no schedule. <laughs> and his dad's a great fiddle maker, um, you know, and is continuing to do that now. And, uh, and we're going to hang out a little bit. This guy uh, is a, a really legendary banjo player for such a young guy. Uh, there's no one who plays like him. And what, what we'll do today is we'll, uh, uh, we'll have Stevie play you a couple and talk. Maybe I'll talk with him a little bit and play. And, uh, and we'll certainly leave time for you all to, to get some questions in and talk to him a little bit. So without further ado, Stevie Barr. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, well now that y'all know who I am, and I'm from Galax, and it's hot up here, so, but I bet it's better than out there in that sun. So, uh, like he said, I come from a little town called Galax, and all y'all know where that's at, I'm sure, right? Who, who's not from around this area? Where y'all from? Australia. Oh, cool. That's down there where the kangaroos are. <laughs> I've always wanted to see a kangaroo. <laughs> So anybody else? Where, where's somebody else from far away? Nevada. Where? Nevada. 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 Which is it? Nevada? <laughs> well, we appreciate y'all coming all the way here to Virginia. Uh, I guess, is this still Virginia or Tennessee and Bristol? Both Tennessee. Okay, cool. Did Tennessee win yesterday? <laughs> I didn't think they did. I'm a football fan, but I'm a Hokie fan, so I sat up there in Blacksburg and got all hot. So, Anyway, let's talk about my banjo here. Uh, any of y'all like banjos much? Everybody? Cool, cool. Well, my daddy made me my first banjo when I was, uh, well, when I was, when I was four years old. I had a little bitty uh, 
toy banjo I played with, and then when I got five, he got me an old-time banjo. And the old-time is kind of like the claw hammer without the resonator. Well, he took me, and uh, I sat down in the, in the kitchen, and, uh, and I was wondering what he was doing because, you know, my mama always cooked, but he was cooking wood. And I thought, what are you doing over there? And he was taking and processing the wood so they could make me a banjo, and I didn't know that. So when I turned seven years old, he gave it to me as a, as a gift. Of course, I keep that at the house, and I play a Gibson because the Gibson's kind of the, 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 the banjo that everybody picks because uh, they've been around so many years. And I've got a few of them because I collect them. But this one is one that I had all these old parts sitting around at the house, and... Uh, and it was old Gibson parts, and it was just stuff that we'd had collected over the years. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to put that together one of these days. Well, this neck comes from 1951. It was an old RB100 neck. And then the resonator come off of 1956. And then the pot was from a 1929 shoe bracket Gibson. And then all the rest of it is 1950s parts. So I thought, you know, I got all these old parts. So I made this old banjo and... Uh, and uh, I just really, really like it. It's one of my favorites. And, you know, it's pretty funny how you can put stuff together. And, I mean, that's the way it is with any kind of instrument. You find an old instrument, it don't matter if it's a $100 guitar. If you like it, that's what you want to play. <laughs> so it don't have to be a five, $6,000 instrument. So. But, I, you know, I was sitting there, and my dad, uh, he said, you know, you ought to start picking some. But my mom and dad played old-time music, and they played with a group called the White Top Mountain Band. And... Uh, my mama and Emily Spencer sung together for years and years, and I'll never forget get, getting to come out to uh, Knoxville to the World's Fair in 1982. And that was actually probably one of the first big things I got to do. And I got to go out there and uh, get up on stages and, and started, you know, they'd bring me up to play a tune or something. And, and back then it was Albert Hash. Albert Hash was a, was a famous fiddle maker. And... Uh, I used to, I didn't know, and at the time I, I'd look up on the, yeah, hello, 911. <laughs> anyway, I'd look up, and uh, I'd see this picture on the wall, and it was of Albert Hash, and at the time I didn't know who that old man was, but uh, he had, I bet, 30 fiddles hanging off of him. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever seen it, but it's probably in some of the old books, if you look around some of the fiddle-making books. But this feller had all these fiddles just hanging off of him from top to, I'd never seen nothing like it. And, and I said, Dad, can you do that? And he said, yeah, I can build them fiddles. I don't know if I can hold that many fiddles on me or not. But, and so I got to grow up watching him build fiddles. And so I got to help him. And he's built a lot of fiddles for different people. He built Kenny Baker a five-string fiddle. And, and uh, as we grew up, he had this old shop down there underneath an old barber shop. And uh, there was two barbers in there. One's name was Charles Hawks, and one's name was Beverly Davis. And Charles was just strictly Scruggs. That was his hero. And Beverly, well, he was a lot past them times. He liked the melodics. He liked all the fancy stuff. And uh, these two worked together. And uh, my dad had a little shop right there beside it, and they'd come over, and one would work with me on something, and then... 30 minutes later, the other one would come over and say, now this is how you're supposed to do it. So I got to learn two really good, cool styles, and it kind of made me kind of have my own style. Of course, I grew up, and I never got to listen to nothing but old time and bluegrass, because we didn't, you know, I'm not that old, don't get me wrong, I'm 35 years old. But back when I was a kid, I didn't, we didn't have nothing but a record player. 
and I never used it except to listen to Earl Scruggs. So we didn't have all that. And so uh, when I got to high school, one of my buddies introduced me to Bon Jovi, and, uh, and then I was listening to that, and then I didn't really care, and then got into country music, and I liked all that. But always growing up, that's all I heard was old time and, and bluegrass. And so don't, don't, I don't know why I play bluegrass when my mom and dad played old time, but I just, they started me on the bluegrass banjo, which is kind of pretty cool. But I started learning to play fiddle, and Thornton Spencer, which played in the White Top Mountain Band, started teaching me some fiddle. So growing up, I was around a lot of cool music. And, uh, and you know, you look back, and that's probably some of the best music back then that there was. I'll tell you what, it was hard to, you know, lot, now it's hard to find real good music. you got to come somewhere right here just to find music. You know, you can hear good mountain music. And, we, you know, they got this thing called the Crooked Road, and you all are familiar with it, I'm sure. It's a trail that comes through southwestern Virginia. Well, anyway, we've got to do a lot of tours with that and just meeting the people that really, you know, you take it for granted when you live here. I mean, to me, it's I pick up a banjo every day in the store, and, and I just play because I love to play. Don't think nothing about it. Never made no money at it. Just enjoyed picking. But you go away from here, and people just look at it, and it's just I take it for granted, I guess. People, if I could play a banjo like that, or if I could play the guitar, the fiddle, man, I'd cross the street every which way. Well, you know, I'd lay out in the middle of the street and let people run over me if I could play like that. I hear so many of them, but me, I'm like, are you crazy? You'd lay out in the middle of the road if you could play a banjo like that. I'd cut my legs off if I could play like that. And I'm just thinking, you're crazy because you take it for granted. And so how many musicians we got in here? Banjo players? Any banjo players? One right there. Would you cut your leg off? It's crazy. I couldn't imagine cutting my leg off or laying out in the middle of the road. But, you know, at the same time, I love it. That's all I've ever known. You know, I... If I had to go out here and work in some plant somewhere, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably spend more time talking to people, and I'd probably get fired. If I, and I told somebody the other day, if I worked at McDonald's, I'd probably get fired because the first person I seen that I knew in the drive-through window, I'd be sitting there talking to him for an hour. So I wouldn't last long. But anyway, in my fiddle shop, it's my dad's and I's fiddle shop, and uh, it's called Bar's Fiddle Shop. It's in Galax, right on Main Street. People come in all the time. Uh, all the way down here in, in uh, Australia, we get a lot of people, you know, and I pick about the kangaroos. And Actually, they say it's a nuisance. They say there's a lot of them down there. Like we've got deer here, down there's kangaroos. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we get a lot of people that comes in, and, and I enjoy sitting and talking to folks and, uh, and picking with them. And if I see someone wearing a Tennessee volunteer hat, I like to joke with them. I don't know when the last time they won a championship or anything, but... But uh, I like picking with people and cutting up, and that's what I like to do. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the first song my grandpa showed me. And uh, kind of an older, simple song. Hello, how are y'all? Did you go to Emory and Henry? Okay, cool. I've heard a lot about that college, good college. So I think it's just right down the road. But anyway, I'm going to start with an older style and then kind of move forward. So kind of show you how it goes from the older stuff up to the kind of newer stuff. And then since, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot, lot, even Bella Fleck stuff, you know, you can get really fancy if you want to get into some really jazzy stuff. But I've never been a jazzy person, so if you want to hear jazz, you probably want to leave because I'm not going to play no jazz. So, but anyway, I'm going to play you one of my first song. I always play this when I go out and do stuff. 
because my grandpa showed this to me, and he played the fiddle. Yeah, woo, is that jazz? Mine's probably gonna go off, it's in my phone, and then y'all can laugh at me. So. But anyway, this one right here is one called The Old Spinning Wheel. It's just a simple old song, and I'm doing it in the key of C, which back in the 30s when they started building them old pre-war Gibson banjos, they was kind of built around the key of C because the old church groups and all the, you know, they sung in the key of C. I didn't know if y'all knew that or not, but that's pretty cool information. But this is just an old song. I hope you enjoy it. It's called The Old Spinning Wheel. Thank you. <clears throat> and this guy over here is one of my best friends. I tell you, John, I, I, I started a group called the No Speed Limit. And uh, we started playing a lot. And I called him up. And he put our first record out, him and the Virginia folks. And uh, I'll never forget it. You never forget your friends. Always I will never friends. forget it either, I'll tell you that much. Not always for the... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> that was actually... Stevie didn't know when he called me that uh, I was actually completely inexperienced at the whole thing and uh, tried to act a little bit like I knew what I was doing. But uh, And now he's put out a ton of good records. you got to start somewhere. I do, and the best place to get them is at Bar's Fiddle Shop in Galax, <laughs> Virginia, one of, our, one of our few outlets. Uh, but, it, yeah, we actually, it was, it was the first CD on um, the Crooked Road series that we put out. In fact, there's a Crooked Road booth uh, just, I don't know, half a block this way um, that has all those CDs, including that No Speed Limit CD. Uh, is it, we could talk about them. They're not here. Just oh, a little yeah. bit. This is a... The band had, had, had kind of shifted personnel, and in fact, the, this, that CD really is not really the band. By the end of the time that the CD came out almost, the band had changed significantly at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so this is really, in a way, kind of a different sound. And it's really, uh, it's probably okay to say this in front of these. That, that's really like a Stevie album in a way. It's uh, mostly all his compositions. Uh, it's kind of how he envisioned this band. It's, it's a killer songs on there. Um, uh, I wish we actually had uh, somebody who could sing some of those. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, like, 
unfortunately. You just got to pick up the CD. They're yeah, great, great songs. Uh, Grayson County Blues and uh, uh, the title track, Bluegrass Lullaby. Great stuff. Um, and then the band kind of, and, and the guitarist was a rhythm guitar player, uh, David Neals, real good rhythm guitar player. Uh, the band kind of moved around after that. I think I think you all went through about three mandolin players during the during the <laughs> during the time. Yeah. In fact, we uh, my buddy is a photographer, and we uh, we took some pictures. They wanted a picture of them all in front of the marquee on the Rex Theater. You know, no speed limit. And we had to do like three different photo shoots because the guys in the band kept changing. And finally, I said, "Forget it, man. This is the band." Um, and and the, the band eventually took on uh, some guys like Josh Pickett, a really killer guitar player, and um, Ryan Blevins, and I forgot how it all changed around. Oh, yeah. But it was a real tight, really great band there, and Amber Collins was a singer. And then uh, for, for all sorts of reasons, as bands are, uh, you know, things start to move and change, and now Stevie's actually not part of that now. No. Which is crazy. <laughs> Because well, he's going to put to it work. together. I have to work. I haven't got time. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to travel as much as that because my daddy, he got cancer. And so somebody had to start working in the store. So I didn't get to go around as much. Yeah. But the first, first one, the reason they kept switching to me members was, you know, you don't want relationships in bands. So there's your first lesson. <laughs> no relationships in bands. So two of yeah. the members in the band was actually dating and they broke up. So then what are you going to have? Yeah. You're either going to go down the road with a band and it's just going to be, or you're going to have that. So we went yeah. and done that. So, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Could you? I mean, would it, were there any of those songs on that one work kind of as an instrumental? I don't know. Uh, no, it was mostly old songs because in my like like that song right there. When you listen to it, you can actually picture an old spinning wheel. In my opinion, so I think that's what a song should do. It should tell a story or at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nowadays, you hear on the radio, all you hear is these old songs, and you're like, how'd they come up with that name? You know, <laughs> so it's just, to me, a song should tell a story, and a lot of the songs on that recording actually would tell stories. Like the Grayson County Blues, yeah. it was just a story about a young lady up in the mountains living with her dad, and so it was just a lot of cool stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, when, you, when you get to doing songs like that, you know, to me, that's what the beauty of it, sitting around. Everybody's probably wrote a song, or wrote poetry or done something. So actually putting it to music is what's awesome, sitting around and, and actually doing that, you know. That's in my when you write a song, actually, you know, I've, I've sat in a lot of uh, these banjo workshops with Stevie because he's such an electrifying player, but we've never actually talked about you as a songwriter. I want to do that for a minute. I mean, because <laughs> he has written some really great songs, and they're all on that, that one CD, I think. Yeah, uh, they're, I wrote... They're great compositions. I mean, that Down by the River is one that I just, I just love, and... How I did notice something with his songwriting, particularly on the fast tunes. There's a lot of words, you know. Uh, you know, I can't even. But you know, we realized after a while, looking at this, that he had a word for every banjo note, <laughs> which was <laughs> you can tell the song was written well, by a banjo player like that. Grayson County well, Blues. You know, that's the reason why when you listen to a to an album, usually you've got different songwriters. You know, one songwriter might be a great songwriter, but if you put all his songs or her songs, it's going to sound a lot alike because yeah. they've got a certain style. And that's the reason why these artists, they get different songwriters, and, mm -hmm. not, and they don't write all their songs because they want a variety on that album. You don't want all of your song to sound the same. So what happens is, is typically, like my style might be different than someone else's style. Yeah. 
-hmm. But uh, I can guarantee you, all my songs is going to tell stories. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, I've got, mm -hmm. I, like the song uh, Leaving Grayson. I wrote this song called Leaving Grayson, and I wrote it because I was leaving out, going to Washington, D.C., and uh, I was coming up, coming out, and right as I was going out, I was thinking of this melody, and then it hit me, and I thought, ah, oh, Leaving Grayson, which is Grayson is the county of Grayson County, which is where I'm from, and which is the most wonderful place in the world, and I think it's God's country, it but when you leave that place, it made you think about it, and, and, and so, and then, you know, what in a year ago, the Blue Ridge Parkway called and said, hey, can we use that song as a, uh, as a, uh, a kind of a headline and song mm -hmm. for their documentary? So now they're doing this, and they're using that as their theme you wanna, song. You want to play it for us so people can hear that one? Uh, see, I might can play a little bit of it. Let me see. Now, it's just a simple old pretty melody, and... Um, and, and, you know, sometimes simple's better, and sometimes, you know, you don't have to do every note you know on every song. So all you pickers out there, always remember that. If you go out somewhere, you see these hot pickers, you know, they went on some online source, and they've looked up every hot note they can find, and they'll try to put every hot note on that one song. And it's cute, and I love it, but, you know, sometimes you don't got to put every note you know on one song. I appreciate it. I'll never forget that song. Actually, that song, I was going up, uh, it wasn't Washington, it was Richmond. Uh, we was going up to play for the Queen. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd, to tell you a little story, That's I got so good. many stories, I about could write a book. But I was going up with Wayne Henderson and Ralph Stanley and, and the band, and all of us was going up to Richmond, and we was invited to, to go play for the Queen. And how that came to be was this guy come in my shop wanting to know if I had a harmonica. And guess who this guy was? His name was Tim Kane. I didn't know who Tim Kane was. And I was like, hey. He's like, well, I'm running for governor. I was like, oh, that's cool. Good luck. I got a harmonica. 
and we just had a good old conversation. And he said, I said, well, if you're going to buy a harmonica, let's pick a tune. Well, he had a guy with him that just happened to be with uh, the New York Post and all kinds of stuff. And he started taking pictures, and me and this guy played the harmonica there. And I started telling him about the band, No Speed Limit, and all this stuff. Well, he came back to Galax during the big Galax Fiddlers Convention. Y'all ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. Well, he came back to Galax, and he came back through. This time, the band was down in the park, and I said, hey, guys, let's go up here and play for this guy. He's running for governor. So we went up, and we played for him, and he got his harmonica out, and then it got all over all the papers that this guy that's running for governor that I had no clue who he was comes in there, and he plays with a circle be unbroken on the harmonica with us, and he says, if I get in office, we're going to have y'all come play for my inauguration. We ended up going to Williamsburg because they had the inauguration in Williamsburg because Richmond was being remodeled, and we got to go to Williamsburg, which is the first time a governor had been inaugurated since Jefferson. So we was part of history, and we got to go see Tim Kaine and play, and he got on stage with us during the inauguration and played with a circle being broken. Then he invited us to come play for the Queen, and uh, (laughs) I was headed up, and that's how that song got wrote. And we got up there, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. I was on stage right there, and I had my little camera, and you can go to barsfiddleshop.com and see this because I put, the, put it on there on the YouTube. I was sitting there video and Ralph San, Stanley sang in Me and God, that song he wrote that him and Josh Turner did. And I'm standing right here on stage recording him and him reading the lyrics off of a piece of paper because he didn't know the lyrics. And he made a number one hit with the song. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, so i never forget standing up there when the queen was walking down through there. And they was, somebody said something about her gloves, and she had like 250 pair of gloves. And I looked over at Wayne Anderson and Ralph Stanley, and I looked, and I said, well, I bet I know why she's bought 250 pair of gloves. And Ralph went, hey, well, why is that? And I looked over, and I said, because you probably don't realize we got toilet paper over here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> And it is a true story, I don't Tim Kaine, he called Stevie the day after he got elected governor and said, you're playing at my inauguration. I got to go to that, by the way, just from hanging on to these, you know, hanging around these guys. And uh, the Beach Boys came on after No Speed Limit. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. We got, then they called us up on with the Beach Boys, and I could have swore they was lip singing. Yeah, they might have been. That guy looked at me while he was singing and was talking to me. <laughs> but you know they hit some high notes and when you're 65 years old i know it's got to be hard to hit them high notes yeah speaking of singing this guy over here in this green shirt is one of the best singers i yeah. wish he could come up and oh, sing yeah, one come with on us. up yeah, y'all ever on. heard this guy come up here please he's one of my favorite All and right. i just have you got that pretty shirt on and it caught you see you got busted frank you want to sit or stand sing him, sing him one he's a very good hey brother he went on, and I've heard him sing a few times. I want y'all to hear him sing. If y'all don't mind, will that be all right? Cool. You don't need your book. You're all right without it. You, you know the song. Sorry to, to throw this on y'all, but gosh, well, let me y'all come you. to hear some good stuff, and so I want you to hear something good. Here. Let, me, let me give you a, a, a fill out the uh, introduction just a, just a little here. This is a, a gentleman who uh, was just... just this past fall received the Virginia Heritage Award, first time it's been given out, him and about four other people. He's uh, uh, from the Little David Old Regular Baptist Church in Hayside, Virginia, 
which is in Dickinson County, not too far from here. How, how long did it take you to get here today, you think? Took me about an hour and 45 minutes. Okay, so it's not that bad. And, and uh, he is a, a singer uh, of probably there are no peers for him. Um, a lot of people say he sounds like uh, Ralph Stanley. Um, I think it's better to say Ralph Stanley sounds like Frank a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> Ralph attends Frank's church quite often, and they're good friends. Um, and uh, that's nice. It, he's going to be here. Um, we, uh, we, uh, you may have seen that he was supposed to be here yesterday, and he was, you know, it was about 10 minutes before the set, and he, his, he and his wife, Geraldine, uh, there she is in the back, they always, her, and usually you bring some other folks, your grandchild, and, uh, you know, they always come so early, and they weren't here. We got a little bit worried until we found out that uh, I had given Frank the wrong day. And uh, so <laughs> he thought he was coming today. And it actually was uh, the best thing that could have happened because we have Doyle Lawson coming here a little later to do a gospel uh, singing workshop. So we'll just have him and Frank together because Doyle's a big admirer of Frank, too. And likewise, I'm sure. So without further ado, uh, he's going to kind of probably show you a little bit the way he does it in his church. And uh, what you got going on there? What you Oh, okay. He's going to get... Keep talking, John. <laughs> <laughs> Frank needs his hymn book. For those of you who don't, aren't familiar with old regular Baptist singing, uh, it's a... Uh, it, well, you tell him about it, Frank. You use, you use a hymn book, right? Uh-huh. When you sing, you, like, you do it out of a book. Yeah, I do it out of a book. There are no book. notes. There are no notes in the book. There's no mel- You know, it's all. It's just the the words, and probably different churches. They sing it probably a little bit differently. Yeah. Sure and uh, which one do you want to sing for us? Which one you want to sing? Well, I don't know. How about the maybe one they know? Like how about like the Beulah Land? You all know about the Beulah. Hey, do me a favor too. Turn your turn your phones. Uh, off or on, on vibrate or uh, silence. You too, Stevie. <laughs> Stevie's rings off the hook. In fact, I better turn mine off in case Stevie calls me from his pocket. I get a lot of calls from Stevie that seem to emanate from his pocket. Uh, but Frank, you can sing whichever one you want. You don't need to. I'll sing it. All right. When you okay. get ready. I'm ready. <clears throat> kind of home, sick for a country to which I never been before. No sad goodbye. Eternal, you 
told y'all that was awesome. I know I sound a little different than anybody else the way they sang it, but I sing it the way that God gives me the knowledge and uh, understanding the way I do it, you know, in the church. And I try to sing for the glory of the great I am. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You want to sit up here while we're playing? And we'll yeah, I'll sit right here and listen at him. <laughs> and Frank will be back. Uh, 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 singing uh, later and and, we, and talking and um, we don't want to wear wear him out too much. He's been in the hospital a few times. Uh, yeah, I just got out last week. You're not gonna believe this. He <laughs> after you just heard what you just heard. This gentleman has black lung that he got from working yeah. in the in the mines. How long were you in the mines, Jeffrey? How long were you in the mines? I was in the mines for 18 years. Old rock dust and coal dust, pin top. If you know what that is. Mm. Didn't have no mess to worry at that time, no water on the machine like it is today. And I inhale all that, and now I'm paying for it. 
Clinchfield Coal Company. Yeah, in Hayside, Virginia. <laughs> Bart Lickens Place Town Mines. Wow. And he sings like that, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he opens. Like seven years he opens. <laughs> he opens Ralph's festival uh, with a, with a hymn each night, pretty much. Stevie, all this talk about that part of the that's all this talk about that part of the state of Virginia down there, you know, Coburn and out where, where Ralph is, you know. Uh, tell us about some of the some of the some of the banjo players that when you were a kid you looked up to and said, you know, I want I want to be like they are, or somebody like that. Who inspired you? Well, well, the only banjo player I knew back when I was a kid was, uh, like I said, Charles and, 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 and Beverly Davis. They, they worked in the old barber shop there. And, and then uh, I had a record of, uh, of uh, Earl Scruggs, Flat and Scruggs, a couple old records there. And, uh, you know, I did, we didn't have, honestly, we was poor as a joke. My mama, she worked for $2.50 at Clyde's Snack Bar. And my dad, he did monument work where you, you, you sandblast and he, and he carved it because he's a really, he was a good artist where he builds these instruments. And uh, we didn't have nothing, and, and I didn't have no TV. And I'll never forget when we first got our first TV and it had two channels, and that was Channel 7 and Channel 10. And uh, now you got thousands. I don't know how you find anything <laughs> to watch. But, uh, but then, you know, times change, and now you've got a lot of, got a lot of ways for people. But I didn't know a lot of banjo players just – for where we would go around to little fiddlers conventions and and when I was like seven or eight years old you know uh, I had Wayne Henderson playing with me all the time at fiddlers and and I was you know I was fortunate enough that I could win in adults because they didn't have kids contests because they wasn't that many kids playing you just didn't do it till you got older now you've got youth playing everywhere which is great because yeah. I think it's what carries it on and and, and a lot of that is due to Stevie actually he gives lessons in his uh, shop and he's got so many great students that have, speaking of Earl Scruggs have you ripped into a good like you I don't know, know. Why don't you do something just like a good old well, let's see. Let's ripper? Like a Earl you know? Scruggs medley or something. Yeah, How about yeah. That, that sounds let's like do fun. That. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you. Wow, we have time. We have time for just a couple questions. If anybody would like to ask Stevie a question, anybody have any deep burning questions? Let me play him one more real quick. Yeah, if I would do I that because I want to go into a little different style. All right, you do what you want. To do. Like I was saying earlier, you had the Scrug stuff, which was Charles Hawks, and then then you had Beverly Davis, and uh, this is one of my most popular songs I play because like different places I. I always go and I try to play to the crowd and what I think the crowd would like. And uh, so this song is a really cool song. And Beverly showed this to me. And, of course, he, he's gone now. He's dead. And uh, I always play this for Beverly anytime I go out. But this one's a cool song and kind of a different type of song than regular bluegrass. But it's called Stars and Stripes Forever. I played this in Bangor, Maine. And uh, hey, people really enjoyed it. And so with our country today, I dedicate this one to all of our soldiers. We got any retired people that's been in a service this is for you buddy you're my hero okay Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Well, Stevie, I think we're getting right about the end. Have you all enjoyed your little time visiting here with Stevie Barr? Thank you all for sitting in here listening. Yeah. I don't know how many songs on banjo you can actually listen to without getting tired of it. <laughs> There's a lot of banjo jokes that we will not get into right no. now. Stevie, you've kept that thing in tune the entire, have you? Do what? You've kept it in tune the entire. I tuned once, I think. That's a that's a lot. That's once more than you usually tune yeah. for a show. That's well, that's I mean, good. Uh, well, see, when you're playing in a band, you're changing <laughs> keys every five minutes, so it's hard to. And the weather's not see, good. You got a head on this thing, like kind of like a drum, and when the weather hits it, it changes. And if you're out in the sun or anything, it changes a lot of different stuff. And so, it's always one of those things, and it settles and and all that. And I was trying to figure out how I can keep a drum beat while I play. When I figured that out, then I'll, I'll let y'all know. I've seen know. you do a little bit of that before. 
Do you know who uh, uh, Raymond Fairchild? He did the Woe Me Woe, and he started. You know, he was really uh, he made that really popular. But uh, I've not quite got into the beating on the head yet. So yeah, like all these new. That seems to be the new thing now. <laughs> I was saying uh, we were talking, and uh, I work at a lot of other festivals. You should, by the way, um, we have a mailing list back there, and you, you should sign it. Um, sign up. It's you know we won't send you anything. You know, any junk, you know, you can give us your email or your home address if you don't have an email. And we'll just let you know where we are all over the state. We do a lot of stuff with Stevie and Reverend Newsom and everybody, you know, just trying to help uh, keep all this going. And um, that's a great series, by the way. He's got his on that Crooked Road and you've got the, the White Top Mountain Band. If you all seen them, they've got some stuff on the Crooked that's right. Road. There's Martha. Martha! Hey, she's a sweetheart. Martha! <laughs> she can flat foot like you ain't ever seen. I'll tell you what. Yes, she can. She's a really good, good fiddler. Her dad is the one I'm talking about that um, when I was little, I played the fiddle, Thornton Spencer. Nice. So, are they here today? No, they were here Friday They were here night. Friday, okay. Well, if you can ever check out the White Top Mountain Band, you need to really check them out. They're really good. You'll hear some yeah. good music. But uh, they've got a lot of stuff on this Crooked Road series that, that John's done, and he's done a wonderful job with it, so... Yeah, you so sign up and we will let you know when we have releases and all that. It's uh, uh, back back over there. And uh, there was a reason I brought that up that I have now forgotten. So uh, <laughs> at least all en- all, all's well that ends well. It's been a long weekend here. Um, it's uh, I could tell you that we got here, I got here Friday. Well, I got here Thursday night. I got here Friday morning and juggled some keys back and forth with the office because we couldn't figure out, I couldn't, none of the keys worked to get in the building, and then we found out I was going in the wrong building. I went in the building we were in last year, which is two doors down, the old antique shop, which is a really lovely space, it's got hardwood floors and track lighting, and you know, and that's where I thought we were going to be, and we got moved over here, and I was like, oh God, you know, this is a, eesh. you know, it's kind of like, has anybody been hit by a paint chip today? <laughs> Yesterday you got hit by one? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat it. Is my, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, and there's a, there's we found one outlet that is de- <laughs> that's wired, that's grounded. You know, it was like, oh no, and and it's so, I felt it was so cavernous too. You know, it's just, you know, <laughs> and it's amazing the way uh, it's filled up every time, and it just feels intimate all of a sudden, I mean, especially when we have uh, some of the real big shots. You know, like we had uh, Del McCurry and we had Ricky Skaggs, and you know. It was just packed, and it felt small all of a sudden. It's kind of cool the way that, that, that happens. But uh, we want to thank you all always for stopping by. We know there's so many choices that you have at a festival like this. There's always seven or eight, ten things going on. So we're always really pleased that you come to the Virginia Folklife stage. And I want you to, t- if you enjoy what you're hearing, uh, let the festival know <laughs> and, uh, and let your friends know and everything so they, they come by here. So why don't you do one more for us, Stevie, and give him a hand again. It's a real pleasure. And he'll be around, so say hi. <laughs> Thank you. I'll do one that everybody's heard of me in times, one called the Black Ray Blossom. And this is, uh, did, you, uh, did y'all do a thing at Floyd Fest this year, a little compilation CD? They did a thing about Floyd Fest. They have a big festival there. And I went and I got to do a workshop with Tony Trishica. So they put this on this album, me and Tony Trishka doing this Black Ray Blossom. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you reminded me of that. I got, I got some in my car. Keep me as a bookkeeper. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go get those for you. Um, it's a, and we're going to do one of those for Bristol. It's a, we did it, uh, we've had the stage at Floyd Fest. I don't know if anyone's been to that um, for about six years. And 
we do workshops like this, and we did we record them. We have Mike back there, who's an amazing sound guy. He also records the stuff, and so as a benefit for our for that stage, we created a compilation CD of live stuff from that stage. And the first one we used was Stevie and uh, Tony Trishka doing uh, together, two banjos doing this song. So I'll go get it. So in case people like it, they can pick that up. That's right. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. And come say hi to Stevie. We're going to be back at uh, around 2.30. We got uh, Doyle Lawson and his uh, wonderful group Quick uh, Silver, uh, along with uh, Reverend Newsom. It's going to be wonderful. 